You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. What up, everybody? Welcome back to the Okada Shorts Podcast, episode 11 of the Okada Shorts Shorts Presents G-Wondering Night 2, covering the G1 Climax 32 from Hokkaido and the Hokkaido Prefectural Sports Center. So tonight's matches in the G-Wondering Tournament were Tomohiro Ishii and Tai Chi in the B Block, Toriyano and Jonah in the A Block, Zack Sabre Jr. and Kenta in the C Block, and Shingo Takagi and Juice Robinson in the D block. We're going to go through each one of those, talk about some immediate thoughts and where I think things are going because of that. First up was Tomohiro Ishii and Taichi. And immediately one thing that you can notice is Taichi's pageantry is not exactly on display here. Taichi, I mean, he's always got a little bit of pageantry, but he was very serious. He almost looked a little bit apprehensive to start the match until Tomohiro Ishii slapped the taste out of his mouth and kind of woke him up. They they both started out with some heavy blows. Tomo was really working heel, and I mean, even doing things like calling Taichi by his shoot name. They're both working very hard and very impressive. There was a huge stalling superplex uh, from Tomohiro Ishii to Taichi that really got the crowd into it. Serious Taichi, I, I must say, had some huge baby face energy when he was working from underneath. He, the the crowd was really eating it up, and Taichi really started throwing some some crazy moves. He got uh, Tomohiro Ishii up in the last ride power bomb. He threw a drop kick, which is something I'm not sure that I ever really see Taichi doing. And the ending series was a Hakuho elbow that was fucking thunderous. And a black Mephisto that got an actual, like, audible gasp from the crowd with two, two points for the hometown boy Taichi. Fantastic match. It really should have been the match of the, uh, the main event match of the night. I'm not sure why they went with this for the first match after the intermission, but the initial thoughts that I had on this were that Taichi really looked reserved. And that's kind of scary. It, it even transferred over to Miho Abe, who wasn't even really watching the match at first. He didn't look right. Something looked wrong, and that was very scary for me as a Tai Chi fan. But as the as the match wore on and you could see him really start believing in himself, throwing harder and harder kicks, punches, and eventually lariats and things like that, I was expecting all go, no quit from the beginning, and it really took him a second to build into it. But as the 
as he built in intensity, the crowd and the match itself started to build, build, build. And by the end, it was an absolutely fantastic, thunderous ovation, if you can say that in the clap crowd era, where the the crowd audibly let out noise, which is huge. It's something they're not supposed to do in Japan. It's something that they don't do very often unless they're very excited. And it seems like they really were. Uh, so yeah, Tai Chi with the two points. Next up, Jonah versus Yano. This was not the best way to introduce your new monster heel to the Japanese audience. It's a nine plus minute Yano match. <sighs> Yano matches should be under five minutes. There's no reason to ever have a joke match go for almost 10 minutes. That's one third of a, of a regular G1 match. That's no good. There was no even attempt at a joke. You know how every Yano match has like one gimmick that he tries. This one didn't even have that. There was, there was no gaffa tape. There was no, you know, bag that he tried to put anybody in. It was, it was almost silly how unsilly it was. It was really just Yano running for about six or seven minutes. And then Jonah caught him a couple of times, but, uh, it was a shame. It was a real shame. Uh, it was not funny in any way. Uh, eventually the action, if you can call it that spilled to the outside where Yano kicked bad dude, Tito, who was at ringside seconding Jonah. He kicked bad dude, Tito in the groin which also somehow kicked jonah in the groin he got both of them two for one not sure how that lined up like an indiana jones shot but that led to a count out victory like i said nine minutes for this it was really bad and this is a dude who you want to be your new monster heel in the block not a good way to introduce him to the japanese audience like i was really i was let down because Yano is one of those guys who will rack up a couple of wins just to keep everything even. But Jonah is one of those guys you want to introduce and have him be a force to be reckoned with. And that's just not what he was in this match. It's sad, really. The only dud of the night, for sure. Uh, next match was Zack Sabre Jr. and Kenta. They start out by arguing who's the senpai. Kenta, of course, was... Training in Noah's dojo when Zack showed up at first uh, to be a young boy there. Uh, they were arguing over who was going to make the who was going to make who the Chonko, which was very fun. The crowd was laughing at that more than they were laughing at anything in the Yano match. Uh, these two were just giant assholes, and they put on one hell of a show. Kenta's strikes were nuts. Ko Ko knees and you know, hard slaps, hard chops, things like that coming from Kenta. And every time Zach could grab one of his limbs, you were just waiting for him to twist it in some sort of way that was going to really put some pain into Kenta. Kenta's, he's torn up right now. He's got a bad arm. He's got a bad leg now from his match with Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom. It's, it's pretty hard to actually look and see from what Kenta used to be sometimes to what he is now. Kenta has definitely changed his style, but it puts a little bit of fear in me every match that he has wondering like, you know, is, is this going to be the one where he, you know, hurts his other knee or tears something else? I, I don't think that the, it was the best idea to have Zach work over his previously injured shoulder, but Zach is a safe worker. So, you know, we won't say anything about that. Kenta's hubris was off the chart. He had Zach, you know, two Busaiko knees, which was, I mean, that would put anybody down. And he continues to pin Zach 
and then pull him up at the at the count of two and not go for the win, and that led to his downfall. Zach wins with a sneaky-as-fuck arm lock. Zach's transition game is so much better now because not only does he have locks on top of locks on top of locks, he's not just grabbing an arm, holding it for five or six seconds, and moving on to the next thing. He's transitioning you away from the ropes. He's transitioning you back to the middle of the of the mat, he's, you know, if he grabs an arm and he knows that you've got an injured knee, he'll somehow transition that from an arm lock into some sort of knee lock. He's really putting a lot more thought into the actual chess match that happens with his transition game right now. And it's really great. Zach looks like a million bucks. He comes up with a quick sneaky win. Uh, of course he tells Kevin Kelly that he wasn't, he wasn't on the receiving end of a beat down. He was just resting and picking his moment, which I thought was fantastic. Zach's off the chart right now. I can't wait to see what he can do. The final match, Juice versus Shingo. It's hard to root against Juice right now after this character shift that he's had, but they are trying with that mid-2000s dad rock ass fucking wrestling theme. It is terrible. Some Good Brothers level Sons of Anarchy music shit. It is bad. The comms were actually kayfabing that Juice lied about having his appendix removed, which I thought was hilarious. Um, they both got super heavy hands at the start of this match. They had Juice end his match yesterday uh, during G1 Night 1 with the left hand of God. So I thought maybe they were going to make that a bigger part of his character from now on is his his striking in those punches. Really, really good hard hitting match. Lots of throws, lots of strikes. But the ending was so very flat. Uh, Juice... I don't know if he was blown up or something. I have to check. I know he hasn't had a singles match uh, in New Japan in eight months, maybe. So we kind of have to allow for that. Maybe he wasn't in the best of ring shape. Plus, it's his first match, his first singles match back since he had his appendix removed. Maybe he was just feeling blown up, but he could not get Shingo up for his rock slide finisher. So he just went for a second pulp friction which is one of my least favorite finishers in all of wrestling history. It's just something about the way that you have to lock your opponent into the pulp friction. Really. I can't suspend disbelief with it. It's, it's silly. Like it's something that you can't do in an actual fight, which I know that we're not talking about wrestling like an actual fight, but it's just, I can't suspend disbelief enough to believe that some dude's going to stand there with his head down and his arm up. But a bad end doesn't ruin a good match. It was it was very tightly constructed until the end, uh, which was sad. Juice was so tired that even his promo at the end of the night, he really couldn't couldn't cut one very well in front of the audience and just kind of ended with an F-bomb and threw the mic away. I really hope that Juice can get himself back in shape because I really like this new character that he's portraying and he's got a chance to make some real noise here. Um, we're looking at the A block now, two matches in the A block. Your leaders are Kazuchika Okada with two points and Toriano with two points. The B block, two matches in your leaders are Taichi with two points and Jay White with two points. The C block, your leaders are Zack Sabre Jr. and Aaron Hinare. And the D block, your leaders are Will Ospreay and Juice Robinson. Lots of big matches still to come. The people I'm most excited to see next are probably another singles match from Tom Lawler, who has still got quite a ways uh, before his before his first match of the tournament. But um, 
he had a great sing he had a great singles match yesterday against a young lion and a really fun tag team match with Royce Isaacs today. And uh, I think the second person that I'm really excited to see is actually David Finley. David Finley has, after yesterday, had a fantastic bit of promo that kind of made me excited to see his next match. I, I want to see what he's doing now that Juice has kind of forsaken him. Is he going to join up with another group? They had him teaming up with Yoshihashi today, and it was kind of like a question mark what's he doing with Yoshihashi they're not part of any factions that work together I guess Chaos and Hantai are kind of the same thing now where's he going to go is he going to join up with a United Empire because of the Juice versus Will story is he going to join up maybe with House of Torture or, you know bring the shillelagh shenanigans into to the House of Torture I think something's going to happen with with David Finley and I'm excited to see where it goes uh, so those are my thoughts on G1 Night 2 and we're excited to see G1 Night 3 coming up on Wednesday the 20th. The matches for the G1 block are going to be David Finley versus Huge Huge, Tomatonga versus Chase Owens, which is going to be fun, Lance Archer versus Bad Luck Filet, Big Boy Battle, and Goto versus Tetsuya Naito. So we'll have your bad friend Rafe Houston on those. So that's going to wrap it up for my first ever solo podcast. Uh, we would like to send some thanks to the Cannot Podcasting Network. If you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming and would like to give us gifts of money, you could go to the Cannot Podcasting subscription service to find tons more content from all the great shows on there. That actually helps out the network as a whole, but it also helps out us here at the Okada Shorts podcast. I want to say thank you very much to Rafe for coming up with this fantastic idea that I now get to be part of. And a shout out to our friend Owen at Riff Your Pod on Instagram and Bandcamp for our Ripper theme that you're about to hear now. Until then, keep it right, keep it tight, keep it what? Short. This has been a Count Out Podcast.